If you have your Bible, I'd encourage you and ask you to consider turning to the, the book of 2 John. Now, that's not John chapter 2. That's not 1 John chapter 2. That's the, the second epistle, John. So it's in the back. That's on page 168 of the Bible in the chair in front of you. Didn't, um, if you don't have a Bible, but 2 John is where we'll be studying this morning. And as has been mentioned before, I want to thank everybody who is visiting with us today because it is Mother's Day. I want to thank you for the thank those who put a lot of work and thought into this service, just trying to give appropriate honor to the various mothers that are present both here and around uh, the various campuses that faith has. Uh, Mother's Day may be perhaps a hallmark holiday, but I do believe it provides us with some rather important and interesting opportunities to consider God's Word. Uh, I realize in a room like this, Mother's Day conjures up all sorts of emotions. For some, Mother's Day is such a positive experience. We can see and reflect on our own mothers or the the women around us who've shaped and impacted us, and and Mother's Day brings the the warm and fuzzies. For others, Mother's Day is is just neutral ground. It is another Sunday. Keep the train moving. And for others, Mother's Day is a painful experience. For one reason or another, Mother's Day is not exactly your favorite day of the year. And yet, in the midst of the variety of emotions that might be experienced as we consider and talk about Mother's Day, I do believe that it would be right and good and appropriate for us to focus in, hone in, and think about all that God's Word has to say that is good about this topic, and then in particular for us to look at one passage and consider what can we learn about from God's Word. With that in mind, I want us to think about the topic of truth this morning, this moment. When you think about the concept of truth, our society is sort of in an existential crisis when it comes to what is truth. It's a vexing problem that we're faced, even in the Scriptures when we go all the way back to Pilate when he asks the question, what is truth? There's a number of ways in which our society has attempted to, in its modern enlightenment, think about truth. You're probably even thinking about some of them right now. For example, relativism. What is relativism? The idea that truth is relative to the individual, the culture, and and there's no such thing as objective truth. We cannot know what truth is. It doesn't exist anymore. There's other theories of truth like constructivism. We, we, we know what truth is through the, the various experiences that we go through, and that is how truth is made and formed, but, but it doesn't exist in an objective reality. It's what you make it to be. Different than relativism, but equally as weak. Well, there's others who believe that there is no such thing as truth, that nothing can be knowable. It's not even relative to you or me. There is no truth, full stop. That's not exactly the position that the Scriptures would take for a moment. The Scriptures would take and believe that there is such thing as objective truth that can be proven very easily. Try to treat cancer by eating lollipops. See what the result will be. That will not cure cancer. There must be some objective truth that exists in the world. 
And as we think about what is truth this morning, we're going to tie that to motherhood. I would like to at least define truth this morning as truth is seeing the world the way that God sees it, describing the world the way God describes it. Truth is something real and objective, and that person that determines what is real and objective is God and his views and thoughts. But our world, like I said, is struggling with the concept of truth. You see this, this struggle all over the place in our world, for, for example, in advertising. People are always advertising that they can do something, they, they can cure something, they can provide something, and, and it's just not the case. In fact, if you watch TV today, probably at some point you're going to encounter an advertisement that claims to cure male pattern baldness. We know that that isn't true, or this room would look so very different. As our society moves further and further away from God's Word, finding out what is true is is very difficult. And as our society moves further and further away from God's Word, what it has to say about being a true mother becomes equally convoluted. This morning we're continuing our series, Hope for Everyday Life, But what I'd like us to examine in the the letter of 2 John is what is true motherhood. Consider what does this important passage have to teach us and to show us what is a true, honest mother, a mother that, again, comes from the Word of God. But I need to say right from the outset for a moment that there is two types of mothers that exist, not only in this room, but, but around the world. There there are mothers who are Christian mothers, and there are mothers who are not. The type of mother that we're going to be talking about, the the true mother is a a mother that knows Christ as her Lord and Savior, a mother who is trusted in the the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, the the Christ that we were just singing about here this morning. That, That is the type of mother that we're describing. And if you don't know Christ as your Lord and Savior, be a mother or not, my encouragement to you today would be to consider, how can I come to know this Jesus, have this salvation that is being described? Because what is being described, what is being put forward, is attractive, and I believe what God's Word has to say about it. Now, a couple of things before we get into the text here this morning. We are studying the epistle of Second John here this morning. Two really important things. One, it was written by the Apostle John. You probably gathered that by the book's title. It was actually written fairly early in John's career, even before 1 John. It doesn't come after 1 John because of its uh, timing and chronology. It comes after it because it is shorter. And so it actually comes a little bit earlier in John's writing career. But second and far more important, there's a variety of individuals that believe Second John is actually an allegory. It's a metaphor that is being written to a church. So, for example, we'll see here in the text in a moment that he writes to the chosen lady and, and talks about her children. The church has, for a long, 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 long time, going all the way back to the, the early days of the church, debated, was John writing to an actual woman or was he writing to a church? We're not going to solve that problem here this morning. Well, I'm going to take the position and follow the scholarship of persons like, for example, John MacArthur, who would say this is being written to an actual woman, an actual person. This this isn't some extended metaphor or allegory. It's written to an individual. 
that John had in mind and that existed at that particular time. So follow along with me this morning as we think about and consider what is a true mother, and we're going to look for three aspects that we can celebrate, that we can emulate of motherhood. This is the word of the Lord, Second John, the elder, that, that would be John, to the chosen lady and her children, whom I love in truth, and not only I, but also all who know the truth. For the sake of the truth which abides in us and will be with us forever. Grace, mercy, and peace will be with us from God the Father and from Jesus Christ, the Son of the Father, in truth and love. I was very glad to find some of your children walking in truth, just as we received commandment to do from the Father. Now I ask you, lady, not as though I were writing to you a new commandment, but the one in which we had from the beginning, that we love one another. And this love, that we walk according to his commandments, this is the commandment, just as you've heard from the beginning, that you should walk in it. For many deceivers have gone out into the world, those who do not acknowledge Jesus Christ as coming in the flesh. This is the deceiver and the antichrist. Watch yourselves, that you do not lose what, you have, what we have accomplished, but that you may receive a full reward. Anyone who goes too far and does not abide in the teachings of Christ does not have God. The one who abides in the teaching has both the Father and the Son. If anyone comes to you and does not bring this teaching, do not receive him into your house and do not give him a greeting. For the one who gives him greeting participates in his evil deeds. Though I have many things to write to you, I do not want to do so with paper and ink, but I hope to come to you and speak face to face so that your joy may be made full. The children of your chosen sister greet you. We're thinking again about true motherhood, and we're looking for three aspects that we can celebrate, that we can emulate about motherhood this morning. And the first one is this that we see from our text A true mother, she loves the truth. Moms are natural lovers of what is good. I actually think that that's part of what it means to be made in the image and likeness of God. That that when they see something and when we see something that is good, we love that thing. And what's beautiful about how God made us and organized the church and the body of Christ is that we all tend to gravitate toward and love different things. That that diversity is a, a good thing. So, for example, there might be moms out there that really love a good deal. Like you're going to sit down with the Sunday morning paper, you're going to clip those coupons, and you're going to spend 30 minutes doing that, but you're going to be organizing your shopping trip like a general organized an invasion during World War II. You're going to leave that store making sure that you made more money than you, than you left with. There's going to be moms who, maybe it's not organization, but it's beauty. You can take your home. You can take something that was discarded. You can take something that was broken. And in 10 minutes, you can turn that thing into a small art or treasure. There's going to be some moms who love to cook. You can take all of those leftovers that are in the fridge and turn it into a culinary delight where if left to the men in the room, they would have starved. 
My point is, in such a broad room, there's, there are many types of loves that, that love the true and beautiful things. However, one of our universal loves should be that true mothers love truth. They will not put up with things that are false. If you're not even sure of that, just think back to your own time and your childhood for a minute. Would your mother tolerate deception? Absolutely not. So true mothers love what is true. And from our texts this morning, what we can see is there's going to be four characteristics of loving this truth. Uh, mothers know the truth. They, they, they abide in the truth. They instruct their children in the truth. And they, they guard from deception. Let's look at these a bit more carefully here for a moment. Number one, a true mother knows the truth. To the elder, the elder, to the chosen lady and her children, whom I love in truth, not only I, but also all who know the truth. An important question that we should consider then this morning is, how do we get to that truth? Well, what is that truth? Remember for a moment that, that the Apostle John is writing this letter. Well, he had a couple of other writings, and one of his important writings was the Gospel of John. And he actually writes in a passage that's unique to his gospel in chapter 8, if you continue in my word, this is the the Lord talking, you are truly my disciples. And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. A true mother knows the truth, and she knows where it is found. It is found in the word of God. We live in a day and a time where it's becoming more and more evident that people do not have any biblical literacy. More and more people do not know the Word of God. But if we want to be the type of moms that God calls us to be, if we want to be the type of people that God calls us to be, then, then all of us, moms and others, we need to know the truth, and that truth comes from the Word of God. So let me ask you here, for all of us to consider this morning, how much time do you devote in a daily, weekly, or or yearly time period where you're knowing the truth? Do you have personal goals to to grow in your knowing of the truth and and you're working towards those goals? Perhaps an important question and application to consider this morning is, have you ever actually read the entire Bible? It breaks my heart to think how often when I'm talking with individuals about this, that there's so many people who claim Christ, who who are Christians, who've actually never read the entire Bible and and read it in some sort of organized fashion. Usually when I ask the question, people are like, yeah, yeah, you know, I've I've read the Bible before, and I'm like, you've read it from cover to cover. Well, Well, no, I mean, I just mean I've kind of wandered around, and I've got to believe I've read most of it. Have you ever read the entire Word of God? Take a different direction for a moment. How much time are you spending studying God's Word and what it has to say about relevant topics, about being a mother, about being a child of God? Or are you just reading the latest novel that the New York Times is talking about that is the bestseller? Are you reading and trying to learn from those who've gone before you? 
point is, the text tells us that, that a true mother, she loves the truth, she knows the truth, and, and the only place that she can get that truth is from the Word of God. So are you doing that? The second thing that the text tells us is that she abides in the truth. We saw that pop up a few times. For example, in the second verse, for the sake of the truth which abides in us and will be with us forever. Or later at the end, we see it again. Anyone who goes too far and does not abide in the teachings of Christ. You won't be surprised to learn that the Greek word here, abide, is used more by John than any other writer in the New Testament. It was one of his major themes that he was trying to communicate to the early church, that that you must abide in the truth. Our Our author in this passage is primarily talking about the gospel. The good news of Christ, that he he came to earth to satisfy the wrath of God, to to cleanse people from unrighteousness, to, to make their relationship with God right if they would, by faith, believe in that sacrifice. That's the primary thing that he was talking about because there was so many false gospels that were being peddled in John's days. And what's amazing when you think about it is so many of those heresies remain even to this day. What John is encouraging this chosen lady to do is to remain, to abide, to sit in that gospel of Jesus Christ and and not to deviate from it at all. We don't have time to explore all of those heresies, but, but they are truly alive today. So again, let me ask by way of application for a moment, just as we consider a mother and her position and relationship to the truth, how much time do you spend focusing, rehearsing, reminding, and even sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ? Take for a moment the application that I just mentioned about reading God's Word. And I hope that some of you would take that very seriously. I hope that some of you would say, you know, that's a great thing for me to do is I'm going to make the goal of reading the Word of God in its entirety this year or next year or something like that. But just imagine how sad it would be if that goal was rushed. If you were literally just checking the boxes to get done with it. You were reading through the passages just to complete a goal or a task. Well, I don't think that you would be abiding in the gospel at all. A true mother, she, she abides in, she sits in, she considers all that God's Word has to say and makes it meaningful. So when you think about your time in God's Word, I hope, I pray that you would be sitting in the gospel of Jesus Christ and that, that your time with Him, be it then or even in a service like this, wouldn't be to check a box but it would be to abide in the truth. The text also shows us that she instructs her children to walk in the truth. I was very glad to find some of your children walking in the truth, just as we've received the commandment to do from the Father. Now, I don't think it's anything new anything special for me to say that moms should be instructing their children. 
The reality is, in a room like this and in most families, that moms carry a significant load when it comes to instructing children. I'm not talking about whether, you, whether a mom stays at home or has a career. I'm not I'm talking about that, but, but generally moms do carry a, a heavy load of instructing. But I do believe, just for a moment here, that the Bible teaches that it's the the fathers who carry the primary responsibility and weight to ensure that children are being instructed in the Lord in their homes. What's sad is over the years, many, many husbands have delegated and relegated that responsibility. They've shunned it so that now it's only mothers. The Bible would want us to correct that for sure. But, but moms do spend a lot of time instructing their children, and, and that is something that comes from the Lord, and that is good. But the Bible talks about instructing them to, to walk in the truth. So let me ask you here this morning, moms, as you think about the, the ways in which you instruct your children, the, the things that you're instructing your children to do, And fathers, as you think about your own role in this, are you constantly bringing that that instruction back to the Word of God? Are you constantly trying to bring your child to to see what God's Word has to, to say about this particular problem, this particular sin, this particular struggle, this particular issue? Or if we were to observe, if we were to watch, if we were to be there, would the Bible be both physically absent and absent from the conversation. And to the degree that the Bible would be absent from the conversation, both physically and from your lips, should be something that we all should say, we need to change, we need to grow, because, as we see from this text, a true mother instructs her children how to walk in the truth she also does this. She guards herself and her children from deceivers. We see this warning passage here in John, Second John 7 through 8. For many deceivers have gone out into the world, and those who do not acknowledge Jesus Christ as coming in the flesh. This is the deceiver and the antichrist. It's talking about a type of person, not a particular individual. Watch yourselves that you do not lose what we have accomplished but that you may receive a reward. Again, this will come as no surprise, but we live in a world that is constantly trying to draw our allegiance away from the risen Christ. And one of the jobs of the mothers of the homes here and around the world is, is to guard themselves and to guard children from those evil forces who are trying to pull people away from Christ. And I'm not advocating that we would lock our kids in a room, let them come out when they're 25 and say, this is the world in which you now live. I'm not advocating for that at all. But what I am saying that I think the text shows us is that one of the roles, that is the the mom is helping support the, the leadership of the father, one of the roles is that mom is to guard herself and her children from the evil forces in this world that are trying to lead them astray. So it would be my hope and prayer that you, that we would be a very discerning people and congregation. 
You would not permit your eyes to watch certain types of entertainment. That you would not let your children watch certain TV, play certain games. The things that celebrate what God calls evil and wrong, that you would not participate in those things. And so I think it's totally appropriate. I think it totally fits within the realm of being a godly mother for a mother to say, I don't want my children to see that, to be involved in that, to be around those things at all. Be it entertainment, be it video games, be it even people in their lives. Whatever it is, mothers, part of your job is to ensure that you protect your family from the many deceivers that have gone out. And I do believe that there will be blowback for that. I I do believe that, that many of us, when we try to shield and protect our children and our families from the many evil forces of this world, we'll be called every sort of name. The the pressure will only become greater and greater the more that you try to shield and protect and keep deception from your children. That doesn't minimize or remove the task that is at hand, that a true mother keeps and protects her children from deception. Second main point is this, then, a true mother's love the true mother's love, the, the love that flows out of her, it comes from the truth. And the reality is God's Word has much to say about what true love is. We saw this in our text here for a moment. Uh, Not as I was writing to you a new commandment. You might even hear the Christ in the upper room discourse, John 13 there for a moment, but one that we've had from the beginning, that we would love one another. It was so often the theme, that true love was a, a theme of the teachings of Christ. We see it here, for example, another place in Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven through 40. Right? But this is, what is the greatest of the commandments? You shall love the Lord your God. There's that word love again. With all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the great and foremost commandment. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend the whole law and the prophets. The Word of God has much to say about what does it look like to truly love your children and to love your world, and and the world is going to try to tell you otherwise. The the world is going to say to you that, that, well, if you don't give me everything that I want, then, then you're not really loving Or if you somehow tell me that that you believe that I'm wrong, especially if you believe that I'm wrong according to the Word of God, then, then that isn't loving. You love through the expression and showering of gifts. But that is not how the Bible talks about love. Just kind of consider here an analogy, a metaphor here for a moment. Just Pretend that a child, you are walking down the the candy aisle at Meyer, and you get to the candy aisle and you say, child, I love you so much. You you just park right here, open as many boxes of candy as you go nuts. You you just, just throw the UPC off to the side. I'll collect them at the end. I'll go pay for it at the cashier. You eat as much candy as you want, and we can do this as many times as you want throughout the course of your childhood because I love you. 
That isn't love at all. You don't need to be a medical doctor to know that some of that decision-making is going to have a really bad negative impact on your child. You don't need to be an economist to know that you're going to have a cash flow problem for that child. True love comes from the Word of God, not from what the world says, in in giving them what they want, in in not correcting. And that must be a a hallmark. It must be a staple of, of a true mother's love Showing love the way the Word of God shows and tells us that we ought to love. And at first, as our text right here before us shows us, the first way that we teach what love is, is to teach them to love God and to love others. In showing them how to love God, then we see that love is walking in the commandments of God. We saw this here. I was grateful to find some of your children walking in the truth. Teaching our children what love is, is is showing them to walk in the commandments of God. The second is, it's like this in John uh, verse 6, that we walk according to His commandments. This commandment just you've heard from the beginning, that you should walk in it. And even in the Upper Room Discourse, Christ says, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. So, showing love to our children, showing love to those around us. If, if we're to be a true mother, the, the calling that has been placed before us this morning, then, it, then it's showing them the, the commandments of God and encouraging them to walk in those commandments. Now, I do believe that you'll have significant pushback even from those children. What child grows up instinctively saying, I want to obey the the whole law, and all I need for you to do is just to show me and guide me. That's all I need. No child grows up that way. So what we must let sink deeply into our minds here this morning is that true love is helping your children walk in the commandments of God. And so I think it's a great time just to pause and to ask and pull back here for a moment. What am I doing that will facilitate this walking in the commandments of God? Am I spending more time getting my children in t-ball than I am in Sunday school? Do Do I spend more time letting them engage in hobbies and other sorts of things that that maybe bring them a lot of true pleasure and true joy? Or do I have them learning and knowing God's Word? Do do I have them doing all the sort of fun activities, parties, doing those kind of things? Or do I have them serving in the church? My point is, if we're trying to show our children what love is, the text helps us see that it's walking in the commandments of God. In this church, we have tried to provide ample opportunity for you to be able to do that, to to draw your children to to many opportunities that they might know what the commandments of God is. And one of them you've heard us talk about, but it's coming up very recently, is VBS. It would be my hope that that every parent would, would not only have their children at VBS, but would use that as an opportunity to invite other children in their lives to encourage them to get to know the Word of God and to see how it is that those children can grow in obedience to the Word of God. 
Thirdly, then, our text shows us this, that a true mother understands what is at stake. First and foremost, she sees that there is a great danger. There is a great danger. Mothers see what is at stake and and why being a a true mother is such a valuable and such an important thing for us. The text says this, anyone who goes too far and does not abide in the teachings of Christ does not have God, that the one who abides in the teaching, he has both the Father and the Son. If anyone comes to you and doesn't bring this teaching, does not receive him, do not receive him into your house, do not give him a greeting, for the one who gives him a greeting participates in his evil deeds. True mothers see that, that there is a great warning, there is a, a great danger out here if they don't take their role seriously. Now, the the immediate text here is describing that when people would bring in and entertain false teachers, they they would bring them in and hear what it is that they have to say and then weigh what was going on. And what, what John was warning here was don't even associate, don't even do that because there is a great danger that is coming by, by bringing in all of those dangerous ideas and persons around your children, but he wanted her to see that there would be a a great reward for all that she would do. Watch yourselves that you do not lose what we have accomplished, but that you may receive a full reward. So she sees that there's a great danger, and she sees that there is a great reward. And I think seeing that there is a great reward allows us to end on, well, maybe a little bit more of a happier note. I realize it's been a, a bit of a, a somber message that we, as we try to consider what God's Word has to say in all of the, the various areas of life that God calls a true mother to. But, but there is an element of significant hope that our passage ends on. And that is, for those who are true mothers, there, there is a full reward. And that full reward may happen here on earth, That full reward may be realized completely in heaven, but but there is a reward for being the type of mother that that God's Word calls you to be. So this Mother's Day, I hope that everybody here enjoys their time celebrating your mom, your physical mom, your spiritual mom, whoever that person would be. I hope that all of the moms here get get a nice day of being served by those in their life. But I hope that all of us would consider for a moment what makes a true mother. And what makes a a true mother is a woman who abides in the truth, who who knows the truth, who guards her children from the truth, who, who loves the way that God's Word calls us to love and ultimately keeps herself and her children from danger, seeing that there is a great reward. So let's go before our Heavenly Father here this morning and ask Him to to bless those endeavors as we try to celebrate and become, for those who are here or mothers, become true mothers. Father, we come before You today and we thank You for Your Word. I thank You for everybody who is here and that the Word of God would have so much to say on what it is to be a true mother. Father, we confess that just as we try to live our lives 
in a way that is consistent and pleasing with your word, often we, we fail and fall short. There's many times in which we don't measure up. But I pray that as we consider what your word would have to say, that we would consider what are practical steps that we need to take to become more like your son. That, that the women here who are mothers would, would see areas that they would be encouraged with, but also areas to change. And that those who are supporting those mothers, that, that we would encourage them, that we would uplift them, ultimately, Father, so that you would be glorified. As we go from here, Father, help us to love you and to love one another more. That this would be a week where where we consider what does it look like to share the good news of Jesus Christ with others so that people may come to know you and that their relationship with you could be restored. We ask all of this in Christ's name. Amen.